You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and with Chris, we're back on the Paracast. A little bit later, we'll be talking about monsters. And monsters are always big news, not just in fact, but in fiction. And we'll get into that in a moment, the factual kind of monsters. Yeah, yeah, but politicians... Those are the worst kinds of monsters. Scariest. But I should tell you that I don't think a lot of you people realize that Chris and I do another radio show. Not just the Paracast, but something called After the Paracast. And that's like, you know, the after game session where we do color commentary. We chat about all sorts of different subjects. No real time limit. It usually goes for 20 or 30 minutes. There are no commercial announcements because it is done as part of the Paracast Plus package. It's after the Paracast. It's getting five-star reviews from listeners. And you won't see those reviews on iTunes because to get that show, you have to subscribe. The Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. There's a monthly subscription of $5 a month, 50 a year, and 175 for five years. And if you go for a one-year or longer package, Chris is donating a copy of Stalking the Tricksters. This is this famous book that changed the entire paradigm in UFO and paranormal research, Stalking the Tricksters, free if you get a subscription to the Paracast Plus for one or five years, plus.theparacast.com. It's worth it just for the book, Okay. In last week's episode, we mentioned briefly that Chris's brother, Brendan, who's been on the show and does all those Mayan tours with his lady, he has been treated for a tumor in his esophagus, and he's taken his chemo. How's he doing, Chris? Um, well, I'm happy to report he's doing uh, much better. He, um, it seems like the tumors, uh, just with one session, the tumor shrank enough so he can now eat. It's important to be able to eat and drink. So he's out of the hospital, he's back home, and um, he'll be you know, getting his strength back up and trying to put some weight on. <laughs> he's lost a lot of weight. And then in two weeks, they're going to go in and um, he's going to have another treatment and go through the, the whole chemo thing again, but it'll be an outpatient procedure this time. So you know, I'm happy to report he's, he's over that initial hump, but uh, he's got a long way to go. It's, you know, it's a major battle, but, uh, you know, he's strong and getting stronger, and I'm happy to report that he's doing better. So thank you so much for all your best wishes and prayers. A lot of people have come forward and really uh, expressed their uh, their concern and, and also their um, love and, and healing energy. It goes a long way, uh, believe it or not. I'm I'm a real firm believer in the power of, of groupthink and uh, power of positive thinking. So it's, it's really good that people have uh, come forward. And I'm really gratified. And thank you, everyone. It's important for someone who gets chemo to eat because, you know, your skin and bones after this thing pretty much takes everything out of you. My late brother-in-law, Stephen, went through chemo and you could see how it impacted him. Unfortunately, his tumor never shrunk. And the fact that Brendan's tumor is shrinking so quickly. You know, he's a real a tough guy. I mean, he's a real fighter. Uh, he had uh, a real bad uh, back injury in a car accident. He had spinal fusion. They were doing lapidectomies and you know, all these really painful procedures. And uh, you know he's he's strong. So we really we really have you know a lot of uh, admiration for for his fight. And uh, 
and he's doing well. So, you know, it's good. He sounded you know, practically normal yesterday, which is really a good thing to report. And also, uh, you know, my, my dear, dearest friend, Susan, just had complete spinal reconstructive surgery. So, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going through my own little health thing here. So it's, it's been a little rough around the old uh, homestead here the last week and a half, two weeks. So again, thanks everybody for all your positive uh, thoughts and prayers and throwing that healing energy uh, in Brennan's direction. Maybe we should just stay away from Chris because yeah. in the last few weeks I've been suffering from a recurrence of a back problem. My chiropractor is busy reshaping the spine and doing all that stuff. It's not so bad that I have to go to a specialist, but it is painful. Sometimes when I walk, I wonder, maybe I'm going to need a walker soon, but now I feel a little bit better. So well, I don't know. Don't get too close to Phoenix, Chris. Yeah, I promise. Thank you. Seriously. Last week's episode, we have David Hatcher Childress. And I think the thing that we always hear when David comes on the show is the fact, of course, he's making some very interesting, fascinating, and some people might consider extreme claims about this archaeological evidence, evidence that might indicate the presence of advanced beings thousands of years ago. I guess the main chatter you see in the forums from some people, they enjoy the show, Others enjoy the show, but don't take them too seriously. Now, right, the point is here is that unlike a lot of people, he's going on the scene to investigate these things. Whether you agree with him or not, he's there. He's looking over these artifacts. Yeah. What's well, your feeling about it? You've known this guy for years. Yeah, I've known David for uh, for quite a number of years. I'm very actually very close to him. He, he I kind of run his uh, World Explorers Club West operation when, when he's, he and Jen are gone. And he lives across the street from me. You know, David travels a good three to six months out of the year. He's he goes to all these these uh, locations. Uh, some that that the vast majority of the population never even heard of. There's all kinds of potential megalithic sites and ancient sites that um, have not you know that they're not on everybody's radar, and uh, especially the Cam culture in Southeast Asia. You know, David is is really up to speed on a lot of these locations, and when he goes there, he's looking for stuff that that literally would be almost impossible for a Stone Age culture to fabricate. Pumapunku is a great example of that, of of the types of cuts that we would have difficulty doing today with modern, uh, you know, modern technology and high technology, I should say. And when people, you know, say, "Oh, well." You're underestimating the ingenuity of man. You know, yeah, Stone Age people could have somehow done this. Maybe, yeah, some some of these uh, sites you could say that, you know, there could have been super ingenious people that were able to do this. But on many of them, you, you just, <laughs> there's no way. Uh, I don't care who you are. You, you, can, you can sit back in your armchair and you can pontificate uh, from now until the, the cows uh, <laughs> come home, but you, you're just not going to be able to explain away the difficulty of, of, of quarrying and moving a thousand ton blocks. It, it just, it, we would have an incredibly hard time to do it today. And uh, when they just moved a megalithic stone up to, uh, I think the LA County Museum up from Southern Cal- California, it took an amazing amount of guys and the, the, you know, these, 80 wheel uh, trailers and the 
it could only go at one or two miles an hour. And it was a huge deal and, and very, very difficult. And that's with, again, with modern technology. So, you know, I, I don't know, moving all the Easter Island heads uh, and there's no trees uh, to make rollers. You know, there's, there's certain things that, that just don't add up with a lot of this stuff. And, and, and David is not saying the aliens did this by any stretch. Um, he's not factoring that out. But at the same time, you know, we do have to come up with, you know, viable alternative explanations to attempt to explain these things. And oftentimes you can't. There's nothing that you can come up with uh, that would be, you know, some sort of human-derived or closed system explanation that, that would explain these things. And I'm the last person to think that aliens are coming here and moving big blocks for uh, primitive man. Uh, I, I think it's almost a ludicrous idea. But at the same time, somehow these things happened and, and, and this, this work was done. So go ahead, come up with some explanations. David doesn't claim to have all the answers, but he does claim that he goes there and he looks at it and he takes measurements. He goes with Chris Dunn. Uh, so anyway, draw your own conclusions. Speaking of drawing your own conclusions, when it comes to monsters in America or around the world, we want you to draw your own conclusions. We have Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters, A History of Monster Lore, Legends, and Sightings in America. Coming next with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. 
The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendovite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, a reminder, if you want to hear the After the Paracast podcast, it's exclusive to members of the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Back is a lady who chases after monsters and strange creatures and such. And her most recent book is called American Monsters from Linda Godfrey. Linda, welcome back to the Paracast. It's great to be back. Thanks so much for having me again. We're always enjoying monsters in this country. What is the appeal in movies in books, TV, what is our attraction to strange creatures who are sometimes really horrifying? Well, I think there's a part of us that kind of likes to be scared if it's from a safe vantage point. To read about a monster or to see one in a movie, even to hear someone just tell a tale, is a great way to be scared and think about what you might do if you ever actually encountered one without having that physical presence and, and the true possibility that you might be carried off or eaten or all your blood drank or (laughs) whatever it might do. So, you know, I think that that's a really long human tradition, probably rooted a little bit in self-preservation, you know, that idea of, of being prepared and wanting to sort of rehearse perils that might befall us by living them vicariously through these other tales. I, I think that um, that's sort of the basis of campfire tales and, and campfires go back 
to the beginnings of humanity. Is there much of a factual basis? And this is, of course, of a book like this. Is there much of a factual basis for these campfire stories? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. You know, the, the classic example of yes would be the Kraken, which now turns out to um, most people think be the giant squid or colossal squid that is now scientifically confirmed. It used, it used to be thought that such a large squid could not exist, you know, and that these were complete exaggerations. And then, of course, we started having them wash up in beaches in New Zealand and elsewhere that indeed did measure this, um, this large size. So that would be the classic, yeah, sometimes they're real. And then other times they may be just legends or, exam- or exaggerations of legends. Um, occasionally a person will start something with a hoax, I think, of the Chacalaco monster, Um, one of our southern creatures that had a whole monster craze going on in this little area called Chacalaco in the name of the, I'm thinking it's Missouri, I could be wrong on on the state, I don't have it right in front of me. But it turned out it was a teenager who had like a a skull of a dead cow and a a sheet and a cape and a couple of teenage accomplices. They started this whole local legend about this Chocolaco monster, and he finally gave it up when people started shooting at him. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you talk about the Kraken, I just think of that trailer from a certain movie with Liam Neeson. Release the Kraken. Or release the Kraken. That's much better. Yes, thank I'm not an Academy Award-winning actor. You have to roll your R's. Roll. You roll your R's. I'll leave that to you. You're much better at it than I am. Yeah. (laughs) I think we're rolling into oblivion here if we don't get back to the seriousness. Before we get back to the seriousness, uh, let me get really serious and say the only real monsters that we know for sure exist are uh, a number of Congress people that we have to deal with on uh, a very sobering, uh, very real level. (laughs) Well, you know, without getting into politics, I really do believe that the worst monsters are humans. I think of serial killers and people who do horrible things to other people. And uh, now those are, those are monsters, but of course those aren't what I talk about in my book at all. Your book, by the way, Linda, I just want to commend you on such a great job that you've done. This is, this is like the go-to encyclopedia of the subject. I'm just, just astounded how much work and research uh, went into this. You're really to be commended on this, and I'm. I'm I reckon. I don't say this. I, I say this rarely about books that we have uh, authors on the air, but this book is a definite must read, and I recommend it highly. Oh, Just thank you. So no, I stand on it. <laughs> I I appreciate I appreciate that. I really do. And it's and it took me- it's, it's quite an encyclopedia. Well, I, what I wanted to do, um, and I still want to get back and, and address the rest of your other question, but what I wanted to do with this was just give people some clue as to the depth and the breadth of the sightings that people have around this country of these unidentifiable, unexplainable creatures. You know, I just, and we usually get them in bits and pieces. You know, there will be a Batman scare here, a large bird scare there, Bigfoot here and there. And people think, oh, there's one little thing, there's another little thing. They don't realize that these types of things are ongoing continually all over the place. Most of them don't get reported, and um, there just is generally never a broad look at all of them 
uh, where you can kind of stop and look and say, yeah, this and this and this. And they all sort of seem to mesh and evolve into one another. You know, you have large, gigantic birds with 20-foot wingspans, and they sort of merge into the, and I'm, I'm not saying literally merge, I'm just saying as you look across at them, you, they, it goes into the uh, things with bat wings and furry bodies, and then you get just the furry bodies, and then then there's the, the um, fur-less things, you know, like little grays and, and that sort of thing. So it just runs this entire gamut. And the mystery that I keep coming back to, and the reason, real reason that I wrote this book and all my others is, why, if there's nothing to them, and this perhaps addresses the rest of that question, are so many people, credible, sober, honest people for the most part, seeing them, and, you know, a, a minority having the guts to report what they see? You know, I, it just doesn't, you know, the old... Uh, Saw it's about, oh, it's mass hallucination, or, oh, they were drunk, or, uh, you know, I'm sorry, that just doesn't fly for most of these um, descriptions of, that people have of their encounters. It, it just doesn't work out. There can be some delusional people. There, there may be some misidentification, certainly. Um, you know, there may be some just out-and-out out hoaxes, but it doesn't account for the mass of sightings that there are. And I thought if people could just see in one place how many different types there are, and I couldn't even, I could not fit all the types in. And you always know that when you set out to make a compilation, somebody's going to get angry that you didn't put their hometown beastie in there. And, you know, it was just impossible. I had to pick the best of mine, the best of, in that kind of book, I also had to um, bring in more things by other people because, you know, obviously I don't get sightings of every possible type of creature. You know, I, I need to, to uh, lean on some friends like Stan Gordon and, you know, other people who have more of one type than I do of a certain type of creature. But um, you just can't possibly fit every single one. I mean, it would have taken three, four, I don't know how many books that size to cover. Well, plus, plus you left out entire categories. Yeah. For brevity, like elementals, every Native American regional group of Indians has stories of elementals and diminutive uh, humanoid uh, type forms. I think I did have some little. I had some little people in there. You have a few, but but the the actual I, numbers of of all the different forms and types is, I mean, you couldn't even fit all those in a book. No, we can't fit any more in this segment, so we have to break. <laughs> okay. We have Linda Godfrey talking about American monsters. I'll tell you about my elemental encounter. On the oh, other yeah. side, with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation, compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. 
Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeSurvivalLighter.com. Again, that's FreeSurvivalLighter.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeSurvivalLighter.com today. By now, you heard about Bitcoins. But did you know that over 65,000 businesses accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Because at BidBit.co, you can receive Bitcoin by selling your personal items or business products. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products quickly, easily, and securely at BidBit.co. That's B-I-D-B-I-T.co. BidBit.co. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters, a history of monster lore, legends, and sightings in America. And every time I see the word monster, I want to do a Boris monster, but I can't do that because I can't do that voice. So anyway, let us continue here. Now, Chris was mentioning other monsters we don't read too much about in the book, about elementals. And I'll just recite this. I've mentioned it before in the Paracast, but maybe it's relevant here. And that is back in the 70s, when Geneva and I were married, that's my first wife, and you've heard her on the Paracast, we maintained a friendship 
despite the fact that we went our separate ways. In any case, we're asleep one night. For some reason, in the living room, on just a bare mattress in our home in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. This is in the 1970s. And maybe it's 3 o'clock in the morning, that magical 3 a.m., where Geneva wakes me up and says, I just saw a water elemental. And I said, you saw a what? Now, I wear contact lenses or glasses. I had neither. So I did look in the distance where she pointed towards the kitchen. And I saw maybe something dark briefly for a moment. And then I mostly sort of forgot about it and went back to sleep. So that's it. Not very exciting, is it? But Chris or Linda, either one of you, what do we mean by a water elemental? Well, it's funny. I was just going to ask you how she knew it was a water elemental. She told me at the time, and I don't remember. Well, a water elemental would, in in my research, from what I understand, would be a small type of spirit being that lives on or around the water. They usually look like little humans when they're seen with the naked eye. And in most tribes, they're considered not terribly um, ferocious or anything, but to be respected. If you don't respect them, yeah. they will come and do bad things or things you won't like, at least, at, you know, from mischief to uh, to probably rougher things. And I know one name for them is the Pukwudgi. Um, that's one that comes to mind. The different tribes have their different names for them. But there are different waters, many different water spirits in a lot of the Native American lore, too. You know, like the water panther and um, the water snakes or water serpents. So there's kind of like a whole a whole pantheon of Native American. There's also water, water sprites, too. There's lights that tend to mm-hmm. uh, be seen and, and flitting around uh, what, what are considered sacred springs sacred waterfalls. Uh, we have one place in the San Luis Valley, for instance, where that's the most common, uh, the most, uh, if you're going to go somewhere to see something unusual, that would be the place that you would have the best, uh, most consistent chance of seeing something unusual. And it's these, these kind of like Tinkerbells that, that seem to hang around this one particular sacred grotto and waterfall. Hmm. And are there particular other creature sightings around in that same area? Because um, yeah, the Springs and grottos were considered to be the doorways to the spirit world yeah. by Native American tribes. And so you would get the little lights that some people believed were these creatures in their undifferentiated, unmanifested form. And then that they would, according to different means, manifest as, as something that could uh, get around on this earth on two or four legs and, you know, maybe have fur. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, Bigfoot sightings there. There's doorways that seem to be opening and closing in the mountain. UFOs, uh, small UFOs going in and out of the mountain there. Spirit warriors, uh, full warrior, just ferocious looking, sort of half opaque, half transparent. Warriors uh, showing up at at campfires uh, nearby. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that happens there, but the most consistent one of these lights. And where again did you say exactly that was? This would be at the top of, um, this is Zapata Falls, which is right above the Snippy the Horse site, the first uh, publicized uh, animal mutilation. It's right above there, uh, up on the mountain there, between there and Uraca Canyon, which is in the Sangre de Cristos, uh, kind of going up north from the Blanca Peak area, which is the sacred mountain of the east for the Pueblo and uh, Diné people. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a magical magical spot. And I take people up there, you know, all the time, and it's a great sky watching spot. It sits up 
about 1,200 feet off the valley floor. Very cool. So let's I continue. Just, what uh, you, you mentioned, I, and I didn't, it was garbled when I, you mentioned how long it took you to research and write this book. This looks like it took quite a long time. Yeah, it was um, about two years altogether in the making. And normally I'll do, uh, you know, one to two books a year. So it was a little bit more of an effort, you know, and, and it took some shuffling around and, and then the agonizing over what to put in and what to leave out. And then I kept finding more and I kept calling my editors. I went over the intended word count and calling my editors and the publisher and saying, please, um, could I just have another 10,000 words? Yeah, you know, really. <laughs> found this great thing and, you know, finally it had reached their, their ultimate limit. And, um, you know, I had to settle for what I had. Yeah. I was supposed to have a 360-page book, and mine ended up being 600. <laughs> and then the mm. publisher sent yeah, you a bill. Oh. <laughs> well, here's, here's an interesting question. I, normally, we wait with our questions until later on in the show. But some of these questions, I think, are important as, uh, at the head, head of the show here. Sure. And this one comes from Burnt State. He is one of our most prolific uh, posters he's also been a guest on the show and uh he's just a wonderful intellect this guy is amazing he's up in uh in toronto monsters appear to occupy a special place in human culture as we have always seen distorted anthropomorphic versions of ourselves throughout history in some sort of animalistic form Mm -hmm. what do you think is the purpose of monsters in society well, I'm not a psychologist, you know, and, and I hate to sort of venture into those waters. And It's entertainment almost in one sense, but, but right. I think that there's some other uh, more, some archetypal, uh, for lack of a better word, do you think that yeah. monsters actually have a function within the society? Yeah, I, I do think that it can go deeper than that. Um, you know, we know that our ancestors did a lot of ritual things wearing animal masks that made them look monstrous or skins, you know, where they would take on the characteristics of the animals they most admired or feared or, um, you know, wanted to hunt. You know, we can only guess at at some of their reasons. But, you know, I I just do think that, um, again, it, it gets down to really thinking about the things that scare us and maybe even displacing them sometimes onto these these monstrous um, types of, of creatures because we can say, well, there's, there's bad stuff in me, but, oh, look, there are these monsters. They're much worse. You know, those are very far removed from me. They really can't hurt me. I could never be like them. You know, that kind of thing. It, it takes um, the scariness that's within ourselves and puts it someplace else, someplace that is different than a human and someplace that we can analyze and maybe um, historically control through ritual or, um, you know, control through putting them in the TV. You can watch them, get scared, get your fill of them, and then, you know, if the zombies get too threatening, you turn off the TV. You know, it's, it's, it's a way that we can manage these scary feelings that um, are, are part of our basic uh, instinct. And I, again, I apologize to any psychi- psychologists listening. That's just my layman's version of that view. <laughs> well, I like the way that you've broken the book up into into some interesting categories: of monsters by air, monsters by sea, 
Monsters by Land. I, I, I just love that because it's a great way to, to, first of all, compartmentalize the information so it's easily accessible for the reader. But then your sub your sub uh, categories are interesting because some of them overlap. <laughs> they do, and yeah. you can't you can't help it because you can find creatures that are um, you would think would be primarily flyers, but they'll walk around too, you know, or they'll have or some that are primarily walking around. And all of a sudden, they take off. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's well, this. That, I'm sorry. That, that, that leads me to a second question by Burn State. Before we have the second question by our friend Burnt State, let's do our break. With Gene and Chris talking to Linda Godfrey, you're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris is trying to put on his monstrous voice, by the way. It's going to get more and more eccentric as we progress because we're talking about American monsters. We have Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters, a history of monster lore, legends, and sightings in America. Really terrific little book here. And we started reading it a while back because she sent us, or the publisher sent us, like a pre-release version. And it's well over 300 pages, almost 350 pages, which is more content than most books of this type. As she said, she kept begging the publisher to have more space to present more case histories. We were asking questions from our listeners, including our friend Robert, who is best known to our forum members and listeners of the show as Burnt State. He had a second question, Chris. He did. And and before we went to break, uh, we were talking with Linda about the overlapping of categories of some of these various monster types, uh, monsters that walk and then all of a sudden fly, or monsters you would think would fly only, and then were able to uh, walk around. And he's wondering about how the over this idea of overlapping works in terms of the overall phenomenal nature of reality and he says have you ever run across monster stories that have overlapped with other paranormal or ufo phenomena cases where ghosts and bigfoot are seen together for instance or ufos and wolfmen appear in the same area do you feel that there is some kind of crossover or connection between different paranormal phenomena well i have to say that it seems to happen more and more you know and i noted in my book that it's really difficult to classify monsters. You know, when when scientists put known animals in their traditional sorts of classifications, you can sort them into orders and species and things like that by virtue of the fact that they're pretty reliable in that, you know, a bear is going to have four legs and no wings. Whereas <laughs> when, when the monsters come, there's something that may look sort of bearish, but it's got wings, you know, and the, it just, it doesn't work normally like that. So the thing is that when you have spent a long time researching these things, um, you begin to realize that certain things appear in clusters. John Keel called it the window effect. Um, Just about every researcher has had their own term for it, hot spots, hot zones, 
um, sacred areas, whatever you want to call it, they do seem to show up in the same places and within the same sort of vicinity. And actually, that's kind of where my present book that I'm working on right now is going, in that I'm trying to document um, some of these connecting things. Because um, it is true that wherever you have Bigfoot or Dogman sightings, there are usually going to be UFOs showing up. And um, in fact, I had one incident that was reported to me um, just just recently, pretty recently. Um, the incident was a little older, but the report was more recent, several decades ago. And I was able to take all this down, and it was a pretty significant Bigfoot sighting. In fact, one of the I'm so excited to tell it in the book. It's one of the best I've come across. And when I went into some MUFON files and other things, I discovered Sure enough, there was a really significant UFO sighting within city blocks of that same thing, just about exactly at the same time. So you may not see the Bigfoot walking out of the saucer. You know, you may not see the dog man flying the giant triangle, but they do show up in the same areas where these um, types of craft appear and, and where other types of cryptids appear. Yeah, you mentioned before our friend Stan Gordon. He had a, an event that he um, investigated with the same evening, I believe, if I remember correctly, where uh, Bigfoot were seen coming out of a saucer. And yeah. I think the the, the farmer even uh, you know popped some shots off <laughs> at them. Yes. So it, it, there there are they're very rare, but there so. are there are some examples of that. Well, you know that kind of leads to the question of. You know, how about the timing of these things? Now, do do you see waves of unusual phenomena that correlate sort of or cross correlate between uh, categories, whether it's UFOs and and outbreaks of uh, of cryptid sightings? Uh, is the timing you mentioned in this one case that the timing seemed to be fairly fairly close? Do do you see any any sort of consistency uh, in that? I I think you see it more often than you would normally expect to. The trouble is that it's hard for us to have um, a perfect sense of the correlations because so many things go unreported. You know, somebody might have had, um, there may have been three or four dogman sightings within, say, uh, you know, 30 square miles of Michigan um, within a, a week. And somebody else may have seen, you know, a dozen UFOs in the same area, but never those people never got around to reporting them. Right. So um, you have to live with the fact that I really believe most of these phenomena are severely underreported because people learn very quickly that they're going to be made fun of. A lot of them are afraid they may lose their jobs or, you know, they just, they don't want to. You know, it's a stick. It, right, right. And, and many people just want to say, oh, if I saw this, I must be crazy. Therefore, I'm not going to talk about it anymore and pretend that it didn't happen. I have a lot of people say they were that way for years until they finally saw there were enough people coming forward with it that they realized this is um, a, an experience that happens, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're crazy. You know what else I found is is the more bizarre the encounter or experience or sighting, the less likely it is uh, that the witness will report it. Yeah, and, and I found that, um, I have found that in my own work, you know, I had a, um, an experience a couple of years ago where um, what I'm quite sure was a Bigfoot tore a 35-foot-long, 8-inch living limb of an oak tree from about 
40 feet up, although I was on a ridge, so I was at eye level with it, right before my eyes. And here's the weird thing. I, I wrote a blog about it, and I couldn't bring myself to put this part in the blog because this was what really shook me. Normally, if a tree branch is dead and it falls off, um, there's no way that it twists perfectly horizontally to, to crack itself off the tree before then being torn off and 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 dropping down vertically. When is the last time you saw a giant tree branch be twisted at a 45-degree angle until it pointed straight at you and then was torn off of a tree? You know, well, and I, I cancel. I, I self-censored that out of my, my blog entry, although I did put it in the chapter in the book where it appears. Yeah, that's kind of hard to explain <laughs> by some natural, I just thought, natural, I, naturally occurring uh, event. Yeah, I just thought nobody's going to believe this, and I didn't. I didn't go back and fix my blog entry because I thought, well, that's how I put it then, and I hate to uh, edit in retrospect too much. But I really understand that because when there's something that's just so impossible to explain by any natural means, um, you're very reluctant to say it out loud to yourself, much less go and tell someone. Right. I've, I've I've even found that people will report an event, and. Um, you know, because they feel it's important enough to to share with investigators or law enforcement, and then once they get to know you, even uh, months or years later, they'll come back and, and say, "Oh, by the way, remember that you know first time I came to you and reported something? Well, there's something I didn't tell you." Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Invariably, what they say is, "If I had told you this, you never would have believed me, so I left it out." And 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 they're right. It's some weird tricksterish just bizarre, you know, just <laughs> head-scratching, you know, ridiculous detail that just is so absurd that it, it, it just would have rendered the whole sighting uh, report uh, unbelievable. Exactly. And so people leave it out. Right. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. I continually express how grateful I am to the many sincere people who do come forward um, and help us build the database because if nobody did... Um, you know, it, we would have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one problem with, with monsters um, or cryptids uh, in general. It's attempting to do real serious, hard data, real time uh, investigation of research into these um, creatures is virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are trying with trail cams. I love this idea of this uh, stealth blimp idea that's been uh, in in development for a while, fly this thing way up in the air with high def cameras and cover a whole area. Uh, you know, motion detectors, and um, I think uh, there are some some there is some promise uh, in in some sense of this, but it's it's virtually impossible really to deal with this whole subject in any way but an anecdotal form, and that's unfortunate. But um, um, it's it's something that we got to live with. How, wh where do you see the future of, of cryptid, uh, you know, real-time cryptid research going? Do you think there's any hope? Before we have that answer, let's hold it for a second, okay? We just want to remind you to go to plus.theparacast.com to learn more about our premium service, plus.theparacast.com. Linda Godfrey is going to answer Chris's question on the other side. With Gene and Chris, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. 
For every political persuasion, we are GCN. St. Patty's Day is coming soon to Guns80.com. My buddy Mark is rolling in clover since Guns80.com announced its clean and green sale. He used his leprechaun-like magical powers to get Guns80.com to offer us a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Now, for a limited time, when you order an AR-15 rifle kit, Guns80.com will toss in a cleaning kit and a tactical bipod pistol grip free, all for the low, low price of $449.95. Go to Guns80.com. That's Guns80.com. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins, but did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction auction your product and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We are exploring American monsters with Linda Godfrey, with Gene and Chris on the Paracast this week. Linda? Chris asked you a question. Where where is real time investigation oh, and research yes, and equipment yes. going? Uh, it's yep. extremely difficult. Yes, it it is, and not that this is ever going to be any you know rock solid means, but I do have great hopes for drones. These little drones that um, are very in a, can be very inobtrusive and hard to see. You could make them very well camouflaged. Use um, you know the uh, different different forms of, of flash that are difficult to see. And I think that those might be more effective than a giant blimp that's flying overhead that's really pretty limited in its course. These could be zigzagged around anywhere. And I also, since one of the um, chief problems of people who have creature encounters being able to take pictures is that by the time they pick up the camera, hold it up, aim it, the creature's often out of sight already. Many, many sightings are just creatures running across roads, and they only last seconds. But if you're wearing your camera on the corner of your glasses, and all you have to do is tap the corner of your glasses frame to take a picture, um, you know, I think you're going to have a lot better chance of perhaps catching 
something, even if it's only a blur. Um, now, just very quickly here, I'll mention a lot of the newer smartphones, latest from Apple, latest from Samsung, have a couple of taps to get to the camera, make yes. it easier for you. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You know, anything that gets the camera up and aimed faster is going to increase your chances. However, um, as a veteran of using trail cams, on the other hand, I do know that even when the camera's there and you know that the creature's there because of uh, results that have been produced, you still don't often get the picture. And I've seen time and time again, I've been experimenting with um, a local property owner that we've been putting deer carcasses out for about a year because he started having some weird mutilation-type things of of other animals on his property. But cattle and, and livestock? Um, no, no, just uh, it, start, it started with a... Uh, he's, he's not a, an animal farmer. He just has a, uh, crops. And he found a raccoon that um, had looked like it was zipped open from the chin down to the the end and its entire insides had been scooped out as with like a giant ice cream scoop and laid in one nice piece on the ground next to it which is something that yeah, you just don't almost, see that's not almost ritualistic yeah you don't see predators do that and he all. had to go do a chore in his field and he came back about 45 minutes later and that nice pile was completely gone Something now, and he would have had to have seen any human entering. I can't, you know, go into the logistics, but he would have known if a human had come in and taken it. And you know, birds would pick that apart. Whatever animals you might think of normally being around there, raccoons or or what or whatever, even coyotes would leave some. They wouldn't be able to cleanly pick the whole thing up and just scoot off with it, you know. So we've started we started doing deer. I think we're on our like twelfth carcass, something like that now, with varying results. But inevitably, whenever the trail camera or cameras can be working perfectly. We get a beautiful shot of something. We may see coyotes, we may see any normal animals that are coming there, vultures, whatever. And then something has obviously picked whatever it was up and climbed over a barbed wire fence with it and run off. And I'm talking a 180-pound deer carcass uh, or a 60-pound deer carcass. You mean the whole thing's gone? Yes, in several instances. Wow. Yeah. And that is spooky. During that time, the trail cam does not work or um, whatever's happening is obscured by some type of uh, misty type of thing. Well, and, that, that, that leads me to a question. Are, are we dealing with real flesh and blood uh, creatures? Or are we dealing with something uh, truly paranormal? Or are we dealing with something that can either flit in and out of both states of existence or some that have access to, you know what I'm saying? In other words, are, are we dealing with something flesh and blood? It's like UFOs. Are they real or are they uh, phantasms? Are they, you know, some sort of valet-ish control mechanism that's being uh, generated by the planet or something? Or I mean, what are, what are we dealing with here, do you think? Uh, is it a combination or is it well, one or the other? <laughs> That, that's the cliche $64,000 yeah. question. You know, and, and I wish I knew the answer. What I try to do is remain open because I can make a, a case for not every type of cryptid, but for some of them. You know, For instance, in 90% of the cases that are reported to me of the dog man, it's not doing anything supernatural. Um, it is you know running on its hind it's legs. It's staying out of sight for generations, you know. Right, right. That's the case being seen. 
that could be true. Yeah, but it's not doing anything necessarily supernatural. There's another percentage that that are, but in most of them they aren't. Still, there's this other percentage of equally sober, credible, and reliable witnesses that see it doing something like glow or appear in this misty column form, um, that kind of thing. And I can't say, well, these witnesses must be liars because they're seeing something that I can't accept as a natural um, occurrence in our world when there's no reason for me to doubt them any more than there is, you know, this other, uh, this other group. And the same thing for Sasquatch. I think it gets even harder uh, there because, you know, there are definitely two camps there. You can make a, you can make an argument for either way. Yeah, uh, my favorite dogman sighting was the uh, the account in the Hunt for the Skinwalker book about the Sherman Ranch case up in Utah, mm-hmm. where uh, two dogmen were seen leaning up against a tree smoking cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? I do get sightings like that. Usually, they're around various tribal reservations. Yeah, I put those in a different category. I don't think they're the same phenomena. As the physical, I'm running across the road and you can't get me dog man type of thing that most people report to me. You know, every once in a while, somebody will see something where uh, I have another report where they're, you know, driving around in, in a Jeep wearing military uniforms, the dog man that is. <laughs> you know, That's one not person, suggestive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes you really wonder. So you do get these other things. And I've said right from my very first book on the subject, The Beast of Bray Road, that um, it may be that we are looking at several different phenomena, that we, it doesn't have to be one particular answer for every single sighting of something that looks werewolfish. Yeah, yeah that's kind of where I was going with, with the question. Is I, I think that there may be multiple types of phenomena that are piggybacking themselves onto others uh, as, a, as a form of misdirection, uh, for lack of a better uh, term. Um, it's almost like they're... You know, they're using other manifestations of something similar to hide their presence and, and, and vice versa. So you're basically saying what you see is what you're not getting. Yeah. Well, what you see is what they want you to see. It, 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 there's almost a, there's almost a reflective uh, quality. I think certain individuals might manifest the, the phenomenal event in a, in a particular way while other individuals might, um, somehow manifest it in, in a, in a different way. I think the, instead of looking at, at the actual creature and, and trying to figure out well, why is it manifesting in that way, it, it may be that we should be looking at the, at the perception, perception of the experiencer and that well, they may it, have some sort of, go ahead. I, I was going to say, it does seem to be that um, there in many cases is an interaction with the consciousness of the observer. And I can give you a really good example of this that happened to me personally. Um, Let me just tell you, we have about 50 seconds left of the segment, so just start it here, Linda, and then we'll pick it up. And this will involve a ghost sighting, which is different and yet not different. That happened to me when I was researching Weird Michigan. Wow. Okay, then let's pick that up in our next segment. If you want to hear, by the way, our other radio show called After the Paracast, it's available exclusively. To those who subscribe to the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com, we also give you the ad-free version of the Paracast with better quality audio. So check it out, plus.theparacast.com. You subscribe for a year or more, 
you get a free copy of Stalking the Tricksters by Christopher O'Brien. And certainly, the trickster element is present in these American monsters, to be sure. With Gene and Chris, you're in Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. What good is a big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendovite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy 
pretty close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris O'Brien is working on his best tricksterish voice, but sometimes when you do a tricksterish voice, it comes across like a leprechaun, but I'm not going to have him do that right now. He did that years ago. And some listeners are still here, so I don't want to upset them. I'm serious about this. Let's talk to Linda Godfrey. You were going to answer a big, long question there that was kind of framed. Would you go ahead? Sure. It's the idea as to whether unusual events just present themselves or if they are interacting with us somehow. And when I was running around, I put 5,000 miles in my car running around Michigan for the Weird Michigan book in, in the Weird US, U.S. series by Barnes & Noble. I was in Manistee, Michigan, and managed to locate the town historian, which is usually my first move. He directed me to a very haunted brick building in downtown Manistee that once was a tavern and living quarters for a German family where there was supposed to have been a young man who died of tuberculosis named William, and they called him Basement Billy because he was often seen in the basement. And people would also see him outside the building wearing these late 19th century clothing items and and, uh, looking malicious, that kind of thing. The woman who owned the apartment building did not know I was coming. I had never heard of it before that day, but she took me down into the basement, which was basically empty, and any pipes were wrapped with brown paper, so there was no reflective surface. There was one light bulb at one end and one light bulb by the stairs. We stood in utter darkness for about five minutes, and I was just about to tell her to turn the lights back on. And this floating ball, I did, and I did not say anything at the time, partly because I was too shocked, this floating globe about the size of a basketball and it was near this low ceiling where there were probably seven foot ceilings maybe about 10 feet away from me and it had kind of triangular projections on either side suddenly appeared and I thought my eyes were playing tricks you know I looked away and I looked back and it was still there and it seemed to me that it was somewhat conscious of me that it was expect these are very subjective things but that it was somehow expecting something of me. And then just as I went, remembered I had a camera around my neck and I was supposed to be taking a picture and started to raise it up. Then it started slowly fading away. Well, I found out that the woman also saw the apparition, except what she saw was the full-on apparition of Basement Billy. In other words, she saw a young man wearing clothing. I saw the essence, I believe. Interesting. Uh, That that gets into that whole idea of, the experiencer is somehow manifesting the details of, of something that's there, but the actual presentation of it is totally hinging on the person's own sort of consciousness and their interaction with it, which kind of brings me to a little a side question is, why do ghosts wear clothing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'd think they'd you know, dump those things, but yeah, who, who knows why ghosts do anything, really? <laughs> 
But the other yeah. thing is here, of course, if we look at the TV sets, the ghosts will wear clothing, but always the same clothing. They mm-hmm. can't change their clothes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there was a British BBC series that became an American series about a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire. Being human. A <laughs> Being human. Yep, exactly. It walked into a bar. <laughs> sounded like that but that was the whole thing with the ghost in the show was that she could never have a wardrobe change because whatever she died in that was what she had to wear always all the time so and, she died naked well then it would have been a different kind of show i think <laughs> well that wouldn't be on the sci-fi channel or bbc yeah. america it would be on showtime or something like that The actors in both versions of the show were really good. And one of the actors who was part of the second cast in the BBC America version, the BBC version of Being Human, it now plays on this show about fairy tales coming real once upon a time on ABC. Mm -hmm. You know who I'm talking about, this kind of thin, light-haired guy. I forget Mm -hmm. his name. And then in the American version, the guy who played the werewolf played Jimmy Olsen in the movie Superman Returns. Huh. You take a lot of notes on these shows, boy. (laughs) I just watch the shows, and as Mr. Spock once said, I remember. (laughs) Well, that's great. Yeah, I didn't like the American version as much as the BBC one, but that's neither here nor there. But it does pick up a bit of lore, you know, which is that they appear in whatever they seem to have died in. Yeah, that that makes sense, I guess, on, on one level. It's logical. But let's kind of get back to your book here real quick. One of the things that I found in my research of stalking the tricksters and looking around for phantasmal forms and tricksters-type forms uh, in Native American lore, there are two consistencies that I see. Um, the, the most consistent, and, and this is cross-regional, every regional groups of Indians has mythologies and legends and stories of monstrous winged Creatures, And that, to me, is very significant because it doesn't matter where you go in North America, the indigenous population of that particular region will have lore that talks about thunderbirds and uh, giant winged creatures. Let's get into that subject a little bit here. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating the way that you've really dug up some very interesting and, and I don't think very well-known examples of these winged monstrous forms. Why don't you give us a rundown on some of your favorites and point out any consistencies that you see? Well, one of the things that I I really thought was cool about this is that the giant 20-foot wingspan creatures are not just ancient Native American legends. People are still seeing them today. I started out the whole book with what I think was one of the best large bird sightings ever because um, this was in northern Wisconsin. Most of the time when people see a large bird, it's up in the sky It's notoriously difficult to accurately estimate the size of something that's just in the sky with no context next to it for comparison. But this guy saw it standing in a meadow, and it was huge. He's over six feet tall. This thing was way taller than him. He also was able to see it take off and then kind of try and desperately beating the air with its wings, trying to get enough lift to get its massive body off the ground, and then kind of careen down over an asphalt road where he was able to see that its wingtips touched either side of the road. And the road I measured myself personally was about 20 feet wide. So that's how large it was. He was able to run the whole gamut. But what he saw was a feathered creature 
which when I tried to look up various Native American depictions of the Thunderbird, they were usually almost always feathered. Well, say, well, there were Thunderbirds and they're talking about the sightings of the supposedly extinct pterosaurs, which some people call, you know, just one type of that would be the pterodactyl. But that doesn't really fit the mold of the large winged, feather-winged Thunderbirds. And we had a, a whole flap of these Thunderbird winged, 20-foot wingspan, feathered creatures, like around in the in the 70s. And um, in Illinois, the, the best-known one was where I picked up a little boy and uh, ran away with him in Lawndale, Illinois. And I just, I find that amazing that they tally so well to the ancient Native American descriptions of these these uh, Thunderbirds. And then, you know, you even go down into South America and you've got Quetzalcoatl, which is the feathered flying serpent, which is another type of great feathered bird. It's got a little different aspect to it in the way that it's it's more like a serpent, which makes it sound almost more like a feathered dragon. Dragon, yeah. Let's but, go into more of this in our next segment with Linda Godfrey and Jean and Chris. You're in Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Again, that's FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeWaterproofMatch.com today. It's no secret that government and big business buy in bulk and get huge discounts not available to the little guy. Until now. Introducing a breakthrough crowd-buying website where people can join together, buy in bulk, and get massive discounts on millions of popular products. It's Togethersave.com. Togethersave.com. You can save 20, 30, or even 50% off tablets, smartphones, cars, appliances, textbooks, sports equipment, video games, and much more. All with free delivery. Check it out. Togethersave.com. Visit now and start group buying today at Togethersave.com. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest mountain house and pack-away brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. 
plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The Freeze-Dry Guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris and the Paracast, American monsters, bird-like creatures, all sorts of things. And we continue our focus with Linda Godfrey. Chris, you want to pick up on the questioning? You know, again, that, that we're getting into this differentiation between types based on their, um, you know, their activity. And, uh, you know, down in Texas, for instance, there's uh, fairly recently, within the last five or six years, there have been sightings of these pterosaur flying reptile mm-hmm. forms. And, and, and let's remember, everybody, that when you talk about something flying, in the case that Linda described in her last segment, where um, the witness was able to um, ascertain the size, in, in their minds, very accurately, of a 20-foot wingspan. Now, that's twice as big as the largest known flying bird, which I believe is a Peruvian condor, as maybe some of them go up to 11 feet, maybe just a shade above that. But we're talking about something twice that big. So, you know, you mentioned this to an ornithologist or some sort of uh, aviary uh, expert, uh, a bird expert, no, they'll scoff and say, well, that's, you know, that's, that's impossible. It's ludicrous. And yet we have very good, reliable witnesses that are reporting creatures that are twice as big as any known flying creature. Uh, right. You know, again, you mentioned these Illinois, the Illinois sightings. What, do you remember uh, what year in the 70s that was? I know there was the famous one in the 1800s where the, there was a little boy picked up at a, I think along the Missouri or the Mississippi River or some, somewhere um, and, and carried off uh, in front of a whole town uh, picnic. Uh, but uh, what year was the flap that you were referring to? What time period? Well, the one that the, the Lawndale incident belonged in was in 1977. It was so big in the papers. There were either one or two of these giant birds flying all around Illinois, and the press had nicknamed it Big Claw. 
which I think is kind of funny, you know, because you have Bigfoot, Big Claw. Um, yeah, and then one of them grabbed onto this little 10-year-old boy and started flying away with it. He weighed about 60 pounds. So you can imagine how large the bird would have to be to pick up a 60-pound boy. And luckily, his mother was screaming bloody murder, chasing the bird as it was trying to get off the ground with him. And finally, he was dropped and wasn't really hurt, luckily. But that's kind of when uh, this all was, was going on, was uh, the 70s. Mother's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, you just wouldn't even think. But, you know, talking about credible witnesses, that first one that I had mentioned before, this witness was impeccable. He was a you know well-to-do businessman. This was a morning site. He was out for a morning bike ride, so... The weather was excellent. The light was excellent. This perfect visibility. He ran into the field and actually got quite close to it. He said he was so excited. He put his bike down and just like a kid running to meet Mickey Mouse, you know, because he <laughs> saw this thing that was so wonderful and unusual. Travis Walton. <laughs> <laughs> he got about halfway into the field and thought, what if it has a nest? And that was about the time the bird turned and looked at him. And then it started, luckily for him, taking off rather than, you know, taking after him. It's really hard to argue with a witness like that. He gave his full name, you know. He didn't mind uh, people knowing it, wanted nothing for it. You know, why would a person like that make this sort of thing up? And he had no background in the history of giant birds or anything like that. It was a totally new phenomenon to him. So what other uh, types of uh, bird forms do we have? Let's say the southeast would be an example of an area that you wouldn't normally associate with uh, giant winged creatures. You know, Mothman would be kind of an exception that's a little further north. But do we have any, any sightings of these creatures in the deep south, let's say, in the, the more um, kind of tropical um, uh, areas of the country? I think they generally, you know, Texas has had a lot of the pterosaur type things, as you have said. And then we have, well, let's see, I'm kind of combing, combing my brain here trying to think of that part of the territory. I'm thinking of there are the kind of bat-winged ones, which are like the, the Jersey Devil up in New Jersey, which gets you into a whole other type of thing. By the way, these bat-winged creatures show up in Pennsylvania and Ohio and even over downtown Chicago, which I think is really, really weird. Why don't you give us a little detail on that one? Yeah, this was within about the same time frame. And again, I don't always have these things perfectly uh, you know, rooted in my brain to give you the year. But um, in several different incidents, these creatures that were, um, they looked like man-sized but with very large wingspans and they were bat-like wings were seen. Um, let's see, there was one that flew on August twenty-second, two 2011 and surprised a married couple and they actually got a photo of it. And this was in uh, the UFO casebook. I found this one. And then a month later, Six students in the University Park neighborhood also saw a bat-like creature, and this time they watched as it launched itself from the ground and made one of those giant whooshing sounds, and many of these sightings do include that detail of the giant whooshing sound. That's really different, too. Than, I mean, you can explain things. You know, If it's just up in the air, you can say, well, they were just seeing a bat, but they saw the man-sized creature on the ground launch and then fly away. That's really hard to explain, and there were six of them. You know, so six people watching. And that's a recent sighting. That's only like four, four years ago, not even. Yeah, exactly. And there was, there was a third one, too, and there was a group of people. And this thing was only about 12 feet overhead And when it swooped over. And they described it as 
a man with bat wings. Now, I suppose some of these you could explain away as perhaps if there was a cliff or something nearby, maybe a city building would also qualify as being somebody in one of these glider type of sport wing things, you know, and these get more and more sophisticated all the time where people can wing suits, yeah. Wing suits and, and different types of gliders, exactly. So you never know. Maybe that's what some of them were seeing, but it still seems kind of unlikely for being able to um, explain away all of them. Right. But you know, interesting to note that one of the most recent uh, consistent outbreaks of, of sim- similarly described uh, sightings uh, in the San Luis Valley in the west side of the valley are flying humanoid reports of human-like forms that have giant bat wings. And I think we're up to around 19 or 20 individual reports, including the town garbage man early in the morning, the town mailman, and uh, two law enforcement officials in, in, in different separate sightings. These are fairly consistent around the, around the country, as I found looking into this a little bit more. But they, they're, they're rare compared to the giant bird forms. I think, you know, dollars to donuts, uh, the bird form is the more, more likely type of description that you're going to encounter. But right. uh, so, so what do you make of this? I mean, it smacks of something paranormal because these, you know, if there's a breeding population of these things, we should be able to zero in on, on them uh, easier. Where they nest, where, they, uh, where their rookery is, uh, right. you know, it, there's just something that, that smacks of the paranormal to me about them. Yeah, because you just can't imagine where these creatures could be breeding and flying around in numbers large enough to have a population without being seen somewhere. Now, one thing that did occur to me um, was when I was looking at all the dates for these sightings and how many of them occurred in the mid-70s, the late 60s and mid-70s, I just coincidentally came, or synchronistically perhaps is a better word, came across um, something on when the Amazon highway started to be built through the Amazon rainforest. Now, the Amazon rainforest, you know, has been just a sanctuary for um, different sorts of creatures for many years until, of course, Western civilization starts going in there and tearing out the trees to put a big, nice highway through. And when that started happening was about the same time as this massive bird flap that went up through the Midwest and you can almost see a migratory corridor going up oh. along the Mississippi River. Yeah, good, good point. That's also when they were starting to expand the uh, the cattle ranches too, and in, into the yes. Amazon. Yeah, and so you have this opening up of this territory that had formerly been sort of sacrosanct and where they probably felt safe, and then all of a sudden they're getting rousted out and have to go somewhere. And the Mississippi River, you know, along much of it, there are great cliffs. I know that where it forms the border between Wisconsin and Minnesota, um, there's some wonderful cliff areas. And then, of course, we've had sightings of what might be a remnant relic species, relics of the species of uh, Washington's eagle that was uh, documented by Audubon. We have Linda Godfrey joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. As the new world order continues to tighten its grip on every facet of our lives, we're all asking ourselves, how can we maintain our independence? The answer is clear. Get prepared and you get prepared now. Now the only question left is where do we begin? My Patriot Supply is here to help. Call 800-247-3070 to get started with your 72-hour emergency food supply for only $10. We're even covering the cost of shipping. Are you willing to rely on the government and FEMA in the event of an emergency? Call 800-274-3070 to get started with your 72-hour emergency food supply for only $10. You won't be able to find this deal online, and there is a strict limit of four per caller, so don't wait. Call now, 800-274-3070. That's 800-274-3070. Call right now. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It's Monsters All the Time this week with Linda Godfrey and Gene and Chris on the Paracast. We've been covering all sorts of case histories and the fact that as we explore the wilderness, we kind of kick these creatures out. Do we frighten them, Linda, or they were just hiding there? And because we never explored the area, they didn't feel disturbed. Well, and again, this is pure speculation. You know, it's it's not even a theory because it's not testable. It's just pure speculation. But my idea was, well, if all of a sudden these giant machines are coming here and ripping out their habitat, they're forced to go elsewhere. And they're going to look for some sort of place where, like, cliffs are a natural place for anything that has a hard time getting lift because because it's so big because they can jump off and and have air streams and wind wind forces to kind of play around with so it makes a lot of sense that they would fly up a major river corridor and then you end up with sightings of Washington's eagle or a bat squatch in La Crosse Wisconsin that sort of thing you know it's interesting to note too that uh, river systems tend to be epicenters for sightings of cryptids of all types, aquatic, land, air, the Mississippi, uh, the Ohio, you can you can almost look at a map of, of sighting reports, and they do tend to cluster around uh, the larger river systems, which uh, leads us to uh, another category, which a lot of people would be surprised to find the vast numbers of uh, aquatic monsters that have been sighted over generations in North America. Of course, we have our famous uh, Champy. Up in Lake Champlain. What's the Ogo? Ogopogo. Ogopogo up in Canada. And of course, the, the most famous of all, of course, is Nessie, uh, the Loch Ness Monster. But there are, looking through your book, I was astounded at how many different types of frogmen, mermaids, uh, giant snakes, all, all sorts of different types of aquatic creatures that are, uh, you know, not only in freshwater rivers, but also in, in some of the estuaries and, and bays and harbors uh, in North America. Why don't you? Give us a rundown of some of your favorites. Well, yeah, I had a lot of favorites. And yet, you know, if there was any section where I really felt I was giving it short shrift, it was this one because there were so many lake and river monsters all over the country. All I could do was pick out a few of each type. It was really difficult and frustrating. There were so, so many other ones. But it runs the gamut from... You know, I started with aquatic alias because most people don't think of those as water monsters. But the fact is, many UFOs are seen coming out of rivers, lakes, and and oceans. There's a growing theory that uh, UFOs are actually living things. Some are hard nuts and bolts and some are living things, according to some people. And again, you can get into the, the two camps. But certainly the creatures fit our definition of monsters. You know, they look like some sort of weirdly deformed humans, and that's from a very human-centric point of view. 
they probably look perfectly normal to themselves. Uh, but again, the big eyes, sometimes there's glowingness, um, the little claw-like hands, inducting people. So I started out with those, thinking they were one really interesting category to look at. Then you've got the classic mermaids, half human, half fish, which is a very, very ancient idea, too, going way back to uh, whatever we have records of. Uh, people are talking about half people, half fish, especially especially you think of the, the, the Greek legends about the, the Greek gods. They're very prominent. You've got different kinds of reptoids like Gator Man. One of my most chilling things in the book, I think, was the chapter on Gator Man, which is a young man who I, I really did a lot of background research, and he checked out in every way, um, studying oceanography and different types of marine biology. And he's had what looks like this giant, actually extinct type of uh, alligator that walks, it does walk on its hind legs in ways that he's never seen modern gators do, sort of stalking him, um, whether by boat or all the way home to his own pier. Um, Seemed like it was attacking his uh, boat when he was out there one day in it. And it's been this sort of ongoing thing for two years. It calmed down recently. I've stayed in touch with him. But it sort of reminded me of, you know, in Peter Pan where Captain Hook has the skater with the clock in its stomach. And every time it gets near him, it's going tick, 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 tick. And that's kind of how this thing has been following this one guy around, kind of like it fixated on him. And then you get to the classic sea monsters. And you go back and look, and um, there was... So much going on. This is going back to the 1700s, 1800s, when they were seen regularly as the first ships from Europe were coming into the east, eastern coastal waters of the United States. And they're documenting these things that look like giant living creatures. And um, people were seeing them from shore. There were many, many records of them. I was really very surprised when I looked to see this, you know, at how many there, there were from... Uh, centuries ago and then as you go state by state almost every state has its lakes that have monsters in them um up to the present day yeah did you see the article that came out recently about the the guys the champy uh lake champlain uh, monster investigators that had a um an acoustic instrument they were towing behind the boat and they picked up what sounded like the sounds of beluga whales is how when they did research into the actual acoustic signature of these these screeches and and other high pitched sounds, it, the only thing that they could come up with that was similar was uh, beluga whales of, of all things. Yeah. <laughs> it, which of course does not conform to your typical champ description, which is more like the Loch Ness monster, long necks or a, a plesiosaur uh, type form. But it, it, to me, it's it's intriguing that you could have one form possibly imitating the vocalizations of another form uh, if, if you want to go and kind of what if the uh, <laughs> the data. Right, and maybe it is some sort of unknown form of sea creature that would have a similar vocal structure. Who knows? It's, it's really hard to tell. But, um, you know, and in a lot of these cases, I do think that getting back to the original question of, you know, how do we know which, which ones of them have let have a basis in an actual natural creature. Um, it could be that some of these lake and water monsters do because per, I, I really think that even though um, it's true that many of the lakes they're said to be in 
are supposed to be too small for their breeding purposes, that maybe there are deep underwater fissures that go other places, maybe to other larger bodies of water, even oceans. Um, I don't know if this has ever been proved, but there are many places in our um, ocean bottoms and uh, larger bodies of water that haven't really been well explored, you know, for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, 2% of the, of the world's oceans have been explored. I mean, exactly. the vast, I mean, that's the great unknown uh, on this planet, obviously. Is the, you know, I was always struck, uh, of course, the famous book about UFO correlations with water, bodies of water, of course, is Ivan T. Sanderson's classic uh, Invisible Residence. And he made the astounding statement in there, which I kind of had to <laughs> read it, you know, twice because I didn't, I couldn't believe what I was reading. He says that fifty percent of all UFO sightings that he was aware of have to do with bodies of water, with uh, in in conjunction with UFOs. So maybe maybe there's there's something to that. Yeah, I I think that there is. There's a really big connection. Um, people, are, especially around the Great Lakes, there are many, many sightings uh, that that bear that out. And um, I had a chance when I was working for the newspaper. You know, I started out as a newspaper reporter for for ten years, um, and that was all. Those ten of those years were after I broke the story of the Beast Spray Road. I did very little on that during that time, but I was able to interview a, an airport director who had one time been in the U.S. military station in Puerto Rico, and he said that they would constantly, they had cameras mounted on their uh, their guns, and they would watch through the scopes just to see the UFOs coming out of the water, and they would always take pictures of them, and the next day, there would always be men in black there to take away whatever they had taken pictures of and go with it, but he said it was just common knowledge that if you looked uh, through the gun scopes, you could see these things very, very often, and they actually had people whose business it was to go around and um, compensate farmers for the damage that UFO did to their crops and that sort of thing. And he even he was on uh, one such um, expedition, and the farmer was really, really angry, and they could see this giant burned circle that lit up their Geiger counters, and on one side of the circle was half a dead cow, and on the other side of the circle was a totally burnt to a crisp remains of a dead cow. Let's where- stop it here and pick up on this fascinating thing. Of course, we've talked about possible radiation impact from people who get close to UFOs, such as in Rendlesham Forest, and the case of John Burroughs, who only recently got coverage by the VA. Linda Godfrey with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Are you hungry for delicious, nutritious, rich, and satisfying home-cooked meals? Discover the Vita Clay 4-in-1 Smart Organic Cooker. 
unglazed Zisha clay, an ancient secret that makes this fast multi-cooker so special, infusing your food with incredible flavors, perfect texture, vitamins, and minerals for your good health. It's a slow cooker, rice cooker, a steamer, plus a yogurt maker. Go to VitaClayChef.com and enter promo code RADIO20 for 20% off at checkout. That's VitaClayChef.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I can imagine even here with Obamacare, where they're supposed to cover anything without pre-existing conditions, if you went up to your doctor and said, I have insurance coverage, and you know I got too close to a crop circle, and now I'm suffering from radiation poisoning, what do you do? Linda Godfrey is here talking about an episode involving dead critters from radiation. Yeah, yeah. well, you would presume. Um, again, this was in uh, Puerto Rico, and it was probably back in the 60s, 70s, something like that. Mm-hmm. Northeast corner or southwest corner of Puerto Rico. That's, those uh, tend to be the hot spots for these things. I don't really know. Although, if you remember, Puerto Rico is also the big hot spot for the chupacabras, which was, you know, the the goat sucker, unknown, uh, cryptid type of thing. That really, the the original descriptions of it did not conform to any other known. Yeah, or and, and it flew too. <laughs> And it flew, yes, exactly. But in this case, again, I was talking to an airport director, and this wasn't what we were discussing for my newspaper story. It was just we were done with that, and I said, okay, off the record, I want to ask you some other questions. Because he had told me that he was in the service in Puerto Rico, and I wanted to find out if he'd ever seen anything. And yes, indeed he had. And again, he was accompanying the officer that went around to make reparations for whatever the Navy or other things that they preferred were uh, just not going to be talked about would happen. And one such thing was where something um, circular and very large had come down right in on a farmer's, uh, near farmer's uh, corral 
and a cow unfortunately was half in half out and um, it was basically its cremains were left in inside the circle and the circle was black and radioactive and you know and the farmer was just livid and you know they had to pay him off and and um, yeah you don't normally associate UFOs with uh, with barbecues <laughs> no <laughs> but again you know there's so many different types and yeah, who knows yeah. um, what this was exactly yeah. Yeah, Puerto Rico is, and, and many of the islands down there have a very interesting, you know, in some cases, a legendary and, and mythological uh, descriptions of, of unknown creatures that then you'll, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, will, will become a flap in the modern era of, of things that were talked about in, in the distant past. I always thought that that's, that's a really important correlation, that... Uh, there may be some sort of cultural echo that happens and it, and it reverberates uh, through time. And these things uh, tend to come back in cycles. And it'd be interesting to do a statistical analysis of outbreaks of particular types of creatures in a particular area and see if we can identify patterns because in terms of when these waves manifest, because if we're able to predict we identify a pattern, then we're able to predict possibly outbreaks and be ready for them, have uh, people on the ground uh, alerted that, hey, for over the next year or two, uh, statistically, it's uh, possible that we're going to see some uh, a wave of activity and to, be, and to be ready. Because that's that's always, as a field investigator, that's always been my, sort of my ultimate goal, um, is to be able to predict activity before it occurs, which, um, of course, then gets into the idea of, of science and being able to replicate data and all that sort of thing in a perfect world, of course. But Right. Uh, so have you noticed any sort of patterns, time correlation patterns? Have, have you uh, had enough data and, and had enough statistical information to make any sort of uh, analysis? Well, you know, what it seems to me is that just... Once you think that you have a pattern going for a flap, it dies out and does something else. Well, usually and, it does the exact opposite. But. Yeah, exactly, and I don't, I don't know if that's possible. I, I would love. I can't imagine the work it would take to go through all the reported cases of UFOs. Although it would be wonderful if somebody had the time to do this, um, you know, and chart them out, and then every other known sighting of every other type. It would be kind of an astronomical. Yeah. feet to accomplish that but you know what i i keep going back to because i've been uh rereading this uh for for various reasons is kelleher and knapp's um hunt the skinwalker book which you had mentioned earlier and i think about how they had every advantage that most paranormal investigators lack you know because for instance if i get a call that somebody in uh say southern georgia is having a problem with the dog man i can do a lot of things long distance and yeah, you can't but jump can't, on your private private exactly. jet exactly i have a private jet i don't have the top night you know FLIR equipment or anything like that i'm i'm not funded to be able to do that kind of thing and most uh there's not money in in pursuing cryptozoology not even in writing about it and any of my colleagues that I know have that same problem. But here was a case where you had people bringing in a trailer full of the most updated, sky's the limit type of equipment. They also had top scientists, experienced and trained investigators. 
They had total access to the land all hours of the day and night. They had the ideal situation, and yet they found themselves flummoxed and confounded at every turn. We don't know if that's the, that's really the case, uh, to be honest with you. I find it very, very difficult to believe that with that kind of gear, that kind of talent, in a place with that kind of reputation, and the types of events that they allegedly were able to document, mm-hmm. that they weren't able to ascertain at least something. You know, I think maybe... That's true. They probably know more, knew more than they were letting on. That yeah. That's true. That's true. But yet, I do think that a lot of the time, it perhaps to get to that point, you know, they had to do some of these other things. But just, just some of the things that were... It's just that it rang true to me because it's the same sort of thing that I've experienced at the times when I've, you know, set out experiments of my own, is that whatever you think is a given, you'll find out won't work. Right. Maybe we should start thinking um, in a 180-degree fashion. The thing that we least expect to happen is probably what's going to happen. I think we'll have more success if if we think it's one thing. We look in one direction at one time period. We should probably do the exact opposite. Look in the opposite direction at the exact opposite time period. Right, right. (laughs) Or something along those lines. I'm being only partially facetious here. Well, you know, that's kind of borne out with that experience that I had with the Bigfoot. And by the way, it was later confirmed. I was back there in half an hour with a friend, two friends, and one of them actually visually saw the Bigfoot we found other evidence of it, including the the incredible, unmistakable odor, and it made vocalizations. It was very close. I mean, I'm talking within 100 feet, something like that. When that occurred, I had not started out on so many times. You know, I've got people with me. I'm lugging a bag with cameras and rulers and plaster casts and my other uh, recorders, whatever, you name it. And we see nothing. And then in this case, I had just decided to go take a walk in a nearby area near the Kettle Marines. No camera. I didn't even have a cell phone with me. It was the spur of the moment. Um, I was all alone. That's when I had the incident happen. God, I hate when that happens. (laughs) It seems that always happens that way. If you're not equipped to record what you saw, suddenly it happens. As soon as you prepare for it, it's like some factor as part of the phenomenon, is there, tricking you. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what they described in the Hunt the Skinwalker book, and that's my my own experience over and over and over again, and the experience of so many other people I know. You know, and I have friends who are in the ghost hunting business, which isn't something I do, and again, I use the term business very loosely, and their favorite slogan is, if you want to see a ghost, don't stand to the ghost hunter. Yeah. <laughs> because they never see one. Right. <laughs> well, Especially if they work for a reality TV show. Exactly. Yeah, where own. it's very unlikely they'll ever see anything of any importance. But well, they'll the, the, the certainly audience. give you the impression they saw something because they got to fill 43 minutes of content each and every week. they got to give you something between the commercials and hope that you don't fast forward through the commercials. That's how it goes. Here we go with Linda Godfrey. And the book is American Monsters, A History of Monster Lore, Legends, and Sightings in America. And these are the kind of tales you never stop telling. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? 
Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Most people know that drinking pure high alkaline pH water is the most important factor in maintaining high energy and vibrant health. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to make your water alkaline to help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to raise the pH to a healthy level. Alkalizing water helps your body rid itself of acidic waste and increases the oxygen content of your body. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, and cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776 today. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. American monsters on the agenda. And sometimes they're connected with UFOs as if they were all part of the same phenomenon with Linda Godfrey and Gene and Chris. Chris, don't we have a question from one of our favorite forum moderators and occasional guest co-host, Gogs Mackay? We, we do. And it's one that I really am hoping that Linda knows about because if she doesn't, I'm going to be all over Gogs about this one. He's asking, Linda, if what do you think of the piece of footage from inside a car that appears to show a dog-slash-wolf-like creature running alongside and in front of the car before crossing to the side and seemingly to be standing straight upright on two legs as the car passes it? Are you familiar with that? You know, I haven't seen it, but I do hear of this sort of thing happening from witnesses more often than you would think. It's a fairly commonplace, as these things go, action for the upright canines to take no well i've never i've i haven't heard that there was actual footage taken of, of an event like this i am aware of footage and i have seen it of a bigfoot running across the road in front of some hickory apache teenagers mm-hmm. one of them was able to get uh, cell phone footage of it at night and uh, it's pretty striking uh it, it looked to me very very difficult to fabricate something like that and the reaction of the kids in the car was real these kids weren't acting. They were terrified. Sure. Yeah, and that's, again, a really, really typical um, sort of form. I, I, if you noticed in my book, I did um, a bunch of illustrations. and Yeah, who did those, by the way? They're fabulous uh, drawings. Thank you. Thank you. You those did are, those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, they look about as pro- professional as you can get. Really good illustrations, I might add. Well, thank you so much. Well, my degree is in art education, and I am a, I am a um, commercial artist. I've had art, art representation. I actually only became a newspaper reporter because I wanted to do editorial cartoons for the newspaper. Okay. So, so that's actually my, my first um, area of, of uh, training in, in my degree. But that's how I depicted the Bigfoot was running across the road because it's just seen so often. And I could have done, actually sort of did the same thing for the dog man, really. Um, it's like every once in a while, they want to get from one side to the other so badly that they don't care if traffic sees them. And um, so I, I can't verify that footage of the, the dog man running alongside the car, but I can say it's a consistent uh, sort of action according to uh, reports that I've gotten over the past 23 years. You know, my brother was involved in a, uh, a Bigfoot encounter just below uh, Stevens Pass in the Cascade Mountains in Washington in, I think it was 73 or 74. He was riding along with two friends on horseback on a logging road. They came up to a curve in the road, went around a, a, a fairly low hill, about a 20-foot hill, and they smelled this awful smell. The horses reared and freaked out. They yeah led the horses around the curve and found five tracks of a Bigfoot, one on the right side of the road, one in the middle of the road, one on the left side of the road, and then a, a scooped track going up the hill in a broken pine bough from a tree, like it had grabbed the bough to pull itself up. Mm-hmm. And grass was still slowly coming up out of the one footprint on the uh, left side of the road. But <laughs> a very careful examination coming to the road and going away from the road, there were no other tracks, and there should have been. It's almost like it was only 
manifest as it crossed the road. Right. It, it appeared on the side of the road, crossed the road, climbed up the hill, and then disappeared. It, it's just really hard for me to wrap my head around that. I have had other reports that are very similar, and I sure, I'm sure you have, where these tracks start and stop inexplicably. There's no way to uh, ascertain where the animal came from or went to. What do you make of that? Are we dealing with something that's uh, only manifest uh, for momentarily? Is it something that's able to then uh, zip into some other dimension? I mean, what does what your gut feeling tell you about uh, reports like that? Well, when there's absolutely no possible physical, <laughs> physical world explanation, you just sort of have to go to these other places. Um, you know, either that or just give it all up and disgust. And actually, um, the place that I was telling you about before that I'm studying, um, we have photos where something landed out in the middle of a, of a field, broke through a crust of snow, floundered for a second, and then walked on two legs into a forest. It was nowhere. Before, and these were canine prints. So what are the possibilities? Did a helicopter come and hover and a man wearing stilts with canine feet on the end land and walked into this woods that's in the middle of nowhere (laughs) in the middle of nowhere so nobody would you know or or where else do you go you know there's just no other explanation for that yeah or you know perfect uh, footprints found in the middle of a remote area just by by chance by some hikers who just happened to be in the area to hope something like that in the middle of nowhere Yep. Just on the off chance that somebody might encounter them. That, that to me, adds legitimacy to, uh, to accounts of this sort, the accidental discoveries of, of physical evidence. Right, because most hoaxers, and I've known a few and I've talked to a few, they'll just pull kind of standard things next to roads. They want to be seen. Well, it brings to mind the guy who was imitating the um, Bigfoot by wearing a ghillie suit a few years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I think he got hit by two cars. Oh, and, and killed. Yeah, and that's the usual prank. Or they'll go. I I, I know another man wrote me and uh, said that he used to go near a campground where he knew people were, and then he'd uh, wear these bigfoot feet, you know, and tromp around the campground. And then he actually had an encounter as an adult. And um, I said, you know, I'd like to print your story, but since you already wrote and, and uh, confessed that you were a hoaxer, I don't think I can because, <laughs> you know, I just can't, I can't trust you now. Yeah. So, um, but he was going, he wasn't going out in the middle of the woods where no one would see it. He was going right. alongside the campground where he knew people were going to be walking and they bring other campers over. And that's pretty much the, the way these things operate. Yeah. Reminds me of the X-Files episode where the the uh, army intelligence guys or, or some sort of, of military intelligence guys stage an abduction on a roadway and then a real craft comes down and abducts them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, this guy was a little ticked that I wouldn't accept him, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of hoaxers because yeah. you're messing with so many people that it... Well, it just um, totally muddies up the waters. It's very it exasperating. Yeah, it does. You know, it it makes it easy for skeptics to come in and say, "Yeah, they're all hoaxers," or "It's this and that." Um, on Bray Road alone, I know of five different hoaxers, and yet none of them match up to the known sightings in terms of actions or descriptions or time or anything. So, it's uh, 
Well, that's always going to be a problem, especially now in the digital age. And, and I sound like a broken record and somebody will dog me for it, but it is so easy now for someone with just a little bit of talent and knowledge and, and um, software and motivation to create, you know, with, uh, with CGI, just create uh, very impressive looking uh, phenomenal events. Right. And, and I've been working on a way, kind of a handbook of sort of uh, what to look for to um, to reveal mm. the nature of, of a true, especially in the UFO realm, of a, of a sighting that's allegedly photographed or, or videotaped. Let's do our break, and we got more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. Gene. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com It's no secret that government and big business buy in bulk and get huge discounts not available to the little guy. Until now. Introducing a breakthrough crowd buying website where people can join together, buy in bulk, and get massive discounts on millions of popular products. It's TogetherSave.com. TogetherSave.com. You can save 20, 30, or even 50% off tablets, smartphones, cars, appliances, textbooks, sports equipment, video games, and much more. All with free delivery. Check it out. TogetherSave.com. Visit now and start group buying today at TogetherSave.com. How many good people procrastinate? When was the last time you updated your last will and testament, your living will, and your health care power of attorney? If you could get these documents included with your Legal Shield membership for no additional charge, wouldn't it just make sense to have the peace of mind of owning a Legal Shield membership? Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
your life with Extendovite. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendovite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. So yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Chris, of course, is working on some material to help you know when fakery is involved, particularly in UFO photos. Right. Our book is American Monsters. Linda Godfrey is the author. And Chris, I just wonder here, maybe we should post some information in the Paracast Plus yeah. once you get a little well, bit I, further I'm along. I'm really looking uh, to do a complete section of kind of like a, an amateur's uh, leg up on on doing uh, your own analysis of alleged uh, photographs and footage of monsters, of UFOs, of any, any sort of uh, potentially paranormal or supernatural or cryptid type uh, events. I would love that. I would. I'll buy the first copy. Well, we need it bad. <laughs> it's, just, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, uh, you know, you have have these websites now that are touting all these obvious hoaxes, and people are buying into it. They don't know any better. Right. Right. Exactly. It's muddying up the waters. The right. worst thing that happens there, of course, Chris, is that when people suspect that there's a lot of fakery going on, it's the broad brush effect. They believe everything is a fake. And when you present something that is apparently genuine to them, what happens next? Exactly. And the reality of the situation is physical, um, especially in the UFO realm, uh, films and videotapes of real objects do not conform to the people's expectations, which are based in 50s sci-fi movies or George Adamski or Billy Meyer. Those Mm -hmm. types of craft are often what hoaxers use as a visual phenomenon and it's very easy to spot that these are hoax because they don't have the the actual characteristics that these objects have uh, plasma sheaths around them ionization mm-hmm. effects uh, in the atmosphere and one one website uh, features you know the the hosts of the website live near the ocean and there's a lot of moisture and none of the uh you know their avid uh hoaxes hoaxed um, work shows any of the the telltale signs of a real event and what's really frustrating to me is you'll have a hundred of these you know ridiculous uh attempts to hoax and then scattered amongst them will be real real footage real Mm. photographs real videotape and it's just lost in the uh in the noise and it's it's really uh (laughs) it's very frustrating to me there should be a law against that 
Right. Well, I don't know if you've heard of the Gable film in in Michigan that was supposed to portray the Michigan Dogman. This was something that was actually created by an amateur videographer who had a large collection of 70s um, paraphernalia and a, a camera. And he set it up to look like this weird creature was charging the camera. And then the last thing you see is these big fangs eating the camera. And <laughs> this was this was wow. promoted, believed. And it was taken over by um, a Traverse City DJ named Steve Cook, who um, promoted this as having been found at a, re- at a rummage sale or something like that. And... It had the word Gable on it, so it got the name Gable Film. And yeah, that does the, both, yeah. yeah, both of these guys confessed on a Monster Quest episode. I was on, on it. I went to uh, Michigan with Monster Quest, and they both confessed on TV, showed the things that were used, and discussed it. And even just last week, I still had to refute someone who completely believes that the Gable film was real and that these confessions were forced by um, the government who are trying to do like a disinformation thing about it. So (laughs) they die very hard once they're out. (laughs) Hey, once you get into the the, uh, almost quasi-religious belief arena, uh, it's really tough to tell people that that their, um, you know, their belief and preconceived notions are, you know, wrong. They just will bend over backwards to come up with some sort of uh, explanation to prove that there's a big conspiracy that's going to hide all this. And, and uh, you know, these, these guys, are, you know, you know the they, arms were twisted. They were paid off. How come nobody showed up with a Samsonite filled with used $100 bills in my house? <laughs> I'm still waiting. Yeah. Well, yeah. if these people yeah. exist, if the men in black are ready to have you shut up, how many suitcases of fresh dollar bills or hundred dollar bills would it take chris to buy you off um just one big one <laughs> but it has to be hundred dollar bills i'm sure i have a price uh, I, everyone has a price what was the the famous movie uh from the 60s i think ringo Starr's first movie with peter sellers the magic the, christian magic was, christian and that was that song that paul mccartney wrote for a band called bad finger right if you want it here it is come and get it get it <laughs> he would uh, buy people off like famous opera singers to, to act up on stage or uh, it's been years since I've seen the movie, but I remember thinking, yeah, you know, I bet you everybody does have a price uh, at some point, you know, they're going to hit that magic uh, number or whatever it is in inducement. Getting back to your book now, uh, are there some areas that uh, you feel more strongly we've had a couple of questions here uh, on the forums at forum.theparacast.com they want to know what your favorite uh manifestations are obviously uh you know the bray road events are, are will figure prominently always uh, be, uh, and have your name attached to them because of of your your first book but are there any other things that uh, go bump in the night let's say that, that that really are head and shoulders above other manifestations in your mind personally well i've actually been sort of more enamored with bigfoot than anything else ever since i had that encounter two years ago because i seemed to since that it seemed to like just open up that area in my life and 
I've had other sightings and other incidents and more and more people coming to me with theirs. So that's really been where my, my head's been a lot of the time. But um, I'm also actually, and by the way, I am actively looking for incidents from eyewitnesses who've had creatures that seem to be associated in some way with strange light phenomena or UFOs. And if you don't mind my saying so, they can contact me through lindagodfrey.com. No, no, by all means. No, everybody, uh, get your pen, pen and paper ready. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's that, um, the, the Bigfoot, and then I really do have a fondness, just because they're so weird, and it's probably my favorite creature name, for the Bat Squatch. <laughs> you know? The Bat Squatch. Yeah. Bat Squatch. That's There's got to be the Why don't you give us a quick rundown of a couple of sightings? They're pretty rare. But uh, give us uh, some of your favorites. And well, not as rare as you might think. You know, and it started with, um, it was named by a young man in Tacoma, Washington, who um, had a sighting of one of these things. And they're generally described as having a 15 to 20 foot wingspan and a furry, scary humanoid in the center and bat wings on the outside and they can sometimes they're encountered standing and will whip the wings out and launch themselves and other times they're just flying at cars um the one in wisconsin that i called called the man bat um it was coming at these uh two men um right through they thought it was going to go right through the truck windshield and the wingspan was as wider wider than the truck um, it, that's the same thing we were talking about that have been seen in Chicago. There's tons of them in Pennsylvania and Ohio. I don't know why that should be, but um, I no. talked to that, I talked that Tacoma sighting. Was that the one in, in uh, I think it was ninety five or ninety six, and, um, and the creature had had pointed ears. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking so, and it was. I had seven Bigfoot sightings in the San Luis Valley during that same week time period. Is that right? Yeah, That's I mentioned that in my first book, yeah. Well, see, there's one of those correlations for you. And I actually found and interviewed the uh, reporter who broke the story at that time. And he was very impressed with the young man that uh, came up with the, with the Bat Squatch name that had that sighting and said that he had a good reputation. Um, there wasn't anything about him that made him think he might be making it up. And I thought that that was a pretty good testimonial. The you know, bat Sasquatch. We're getting batty. No, we're not. The book is American Monsters, including bat squatches. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your product and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. The subject on the table is American Monsters with Gene and Chris and Linda Godfrey. You know, we've talked about a lot of different types of case histories here, a lot of different phenomena. Linda, what can be done to prove any of this stuff? I mean, we have the eyewitness cases. I know sometime back we had that aborted attempt to analyze alleged DNA from 
Bigfoot. How do we come to a conclusion with this? That's the great question. You know, I wish I knew. All investigators can do right now, most of us, is really try and document eyewitness accounts as best as possible. Whenever we can, go and try to look for and preserve samples. I mean, there are enough Bigfoot casts right now that you'd think that if they they were going to prove Bigfoot existed, that we'd have enough of them to do that. Um, So far, it doesn't seem to convince the world at large. Um, I'm thinking maybe someday that drone or that perfect arrangement of trail cams with some kind of new, really undetectable technology will get a great film that lasts several minutes, that shows the creature from all sides, that is in great light, that has objects around it for height comparison, that will be really very hard to refute. You know, that's my number one hope. We don't seem to be too good at catching them. I mean, I know that there was um, a TV show called Kill the Bigfoot where they were intending to um, horrors go out and kill something that they didn't even know what it was. I wasn't too afraid that they were going to actually find one and kill it because even when people do tend to shoot them, in most cases, the bullets don't seem to have much effect. Same with the dogman. I have I have a chapter on this in the Monsters book, which you know I just call the invincible creatures because that, again, doesn't make any sense. I don't know that we can ever count on even trapping one and taking a piece of its DNA. When DNA is taken and there are Many, many samples, as there were supposed to have been in the case that you were talking about. Somehow things end up going awry and getting turned in upon themselves, and it comes out looking less than irrefutable, no matter what we do. So, you know, I guess it's it's just a matter of continuing to try, hopefully get that irrefutable um, bit of videography, which again, as you say, is it's hard to really take in and say, yes, this is it, just because we also have, if we ever have that technology that is so perfect that we'll be able to get that kind of video, then the technology for faking it is probably going to be keeping equal pace. Yeah. You know, So it's really hard to have a lot of hope. But cryptozoologists are hopeful people, or we wouldn't be continuing to do this. <laughs> you know, if you're a complete out-and-out skeptic, you probably won't be in the field for very long because you'll just get too disgusted and, and hang up. But those of us who are just intrigued by the mystery, intrigued by the fact that people keep seeing them, that we know there's something to it, we'll just keep trying. You know, it's like you, you can't do anything else but keep trying. Well, the other thing I would add to Linda is we've got to work together. We have okay. to do, approach this as a team effort because right. a lot of individuals running around at cross purposes I think we're going to continue to spin our wheels. If we can come up with protocols and a formula and people working together, rowing in the same direction, I think we, we stand a much better chance of gaining some headway. I think that would help. Although, you know, I, I do feel there's a lot of room for different field techniques, you know, because people will say, well, the way to, the way to hunt Bigfoot is you have to go out and bang on trees. If you don't bang on trees, you're not doing it right. Well, no, the way to hunt Bigfoot is to go out and sit in the woods with a candy bar, very still, and hope they come to you. Or no, the only way to hunt Bigfoot is to put up trail cams. Every type of investigation has its own place, in my view. And I think I I would never want to get rid of that 
sense where anybody can go and try out what seems right to them because sooner or later somebody may come up with something that actually works that no one else has ever thought of. And I'd hate to lose that that chance. Well, creativity to too. Right. You know, creative efforts also exactly. have a place, you know. So I, I never get too upset if somebody says, well, I don't think you're investigating it correctly. I don't think there is one correct way to do it. And I'm happy to see other people doing other things as long as they're not being harmful. Yeah, yeah the idea of going out and taking pot shots. I mean, it could be a guy in a ghillie suit and you might accidentally kill somebody. <laughs> right, or even let's say that most of the dogman sightings are some natural wolf subspecies that has somehow adapted or learned to walk upright when it wants to, and you shoot a protected timber wolf, um, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, with the dogman sightings, why not just leave bags of dog food out? <laughs> they don't seem to want dog food. <laughs> that was they a like bad joke, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, throw some kibbles or, or yeah, whatever. We'll get, we can get Purina to underwrite uh, a dogman <laughs> investigation. Brought to you by Purina Dog Chow. Oh, there you go. It has a ring to it. I think the thing that makes it most difficult or easier for these creatures, whatever they are, is the fact that so many people do not believe they exist or consider them just part of entertainment. Oh, these are reality shows. Why should we take it seriously? True. Well, And if somebody who doesn't believe um, has a sighting of some sort, they're often the ones that would rather not rock their own universe and that will remain in denial and not tell anybody. No. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've had somebody say, oh, I didn't believe in any of this stuff, and then it happened to me, and boy, do I believe now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. Mm-hmm. So what's your direction? New book you were mentioning before. What else yeah. is coming up? Yeah, well, I do have this new book where I am taking a look at a lot of these incidents that have other aspects to them. They're not just the obviously natural-looking creature running across the road. They may have UFOs or lights associated with them. They may appear in conjunction with other paranormal phenomena. That's what I'm I'm looking for. If anybody, if this is ringing a bell with anyone out there and you've been sitting on top of something for a week, 10 months, 10 years, 20 years, and you think, okay, this is... And I do keep people anonymous if they like, as long as I have your information and I can show my editor that I didn't make you up you know, that's fine. I You don't have to put your name out to the world. But I would encourage you to contact me. And again, you can go to lindagodfrey.com and find uh, my email address. And there's a, uh, a little contact form you can use, too. And uh, just let me know. I've, I've got a few that I'll, I'll contribute. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, they're in my database and in, sprinkled through my, uh, my first couple of books. So. That's fantastic. I'll go ahead and pull some out and, uh, and forward them on to you. Because Hanley's Valley is one of those places where there seems to be correlations all over the place uh, between seemingly you know divergent phenomena, but they, they seem to appear and disappear in waves uh, in, in conjunction with one another. So, so there, there's a few good ones in there. That's great. I would love it. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. We don't do a lot of stuff there, but if you send us a tweet... We'll respond. If you follow us, maybe we'll follow you. On Facebook, look for two Paracast fan clubs. And there's no way to combine them into one without killing the others. So we kind of leave things be. Take whichever you like. We also have free stuff to give away. I know you all like free stuff. 
So we have a copy of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley, the ebook version to give away. All you have to do is subscribe to our free newsletter, the Paracast newsletter, a weekly newsletter. I write for it mostly. Chris contributed last week's column on the 2015 International UFO Conference. You go to check out theparacast.com. Look for the simple sign-up form, and we'll send you a copy of your ebook in a few days. We also have a copy of Stalking the Tricksters to give away. And you have to subscribe to one year or more of the Paracast Plus. If you go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com, we have subscriptions, $5 a month, 50 a year, 175 for five years, which gives you like a year and a half free. For a year or more, we get you a copy of the ebook, Stalking the Tricksters. We also give you the ad-free version of the show with higher quality audio and even better, After the Paracast, our exclusive podcast with color commentary and unexpected things happening. After the Paracast, check out plus.theparacast.com. Linda Godfrey, it's been fun as always and informative. we got to have you back, Linda. There's so many things that we uh, we didn't, the questions we didn't ask, there's, there's areas we didn't get into. It's always a pleasure having you on the show, and thanks for being here. Oh, you guys are great. I'd be glad to come back anytime. And thank you so much for having me. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.